What is in your toolbox? That's a good question. Thank you, Mr. Young McGarvey. Appreciate it. Appreciate the special music that we had up here today. Good to see our visitors we have. And it's good to be this far north of our hurricane down in Texas. Well, that's something else we're hoping that it'll take another route out somewhere. I didn't want to get too nosy and I asking questions, what's in your wallet? Somebody asked me a while ago, what, isn't that a playoff of what's in your wallet? Well, I don't want to ask that. But uh, I'm doing something a little different today. A lot of our men are going with laptops up here and tablets and all. I'm not that brave yet, I, but I did do something. I bit an outline on one sheet and, and did my printing on another sheet of my uh, scriptures because I print my Bible, even though it's fairly large print. It's, it's really getting harder and harder to do. And I was telling Mr. Gregory the other night at Bible study, he's wondering why I wear sometimes two pairs of glasses when I do my Bible study and I read. And uh, these lenses, you know, they're uh, what you call progressive lenses. But in order to see where I need to, I have to hold them way up here like this or put something under here. And that looks kind of ignorant. But anyway, has nothing to do with what's in the toolbox. Most everyone that we know has a basic toolbox, physical and sometimes spiritual and usually spiritual. Some people have specific tools because of their occupations, you know, different ones. You know, you take a carpenter and, and look in his toolbox, especially the old time carpenters. If Merlin was here, he passed away, you know, Delbert Earls uh, is a uh, carpenter and he'd know that most carpenters will have at least a good cross-cut saw and a good rip saw and have squares and have levels and, you know, chalk lines and all kinds of things. You know, most of us won't have, although some of us do have them that we, you know, do handy stuff. But, uh, and of course, most of them are required to keep them sharp, too. I, I know a friend of mine that would work for the uh, union carpenter. He was uh, uh, over the apprenticeship program. and. Some of the companies would run their young men off if they came on the job with a dull saw. They had to sharpen their saw, you know, off the job because a dull saw, you know, doesn't do very good. But anyway, that's had nothing. Uh, uh, Janice Gregory, you know, she's a professional seamstress, and she'll have tools in her little toolbox or maybe in her room that she does her stuff. Different from probably what most of us would have. We may have a few of the same things. Uh, hairdresser, barbers, things of this nature, they all have specific tools. Uh, office workers, and nowadays most, most of our young people are carrying uh, uh, cell phones as a basic tool. Got to have it. And everyone needs a minimum basic toolkit. And, uh, you know, around the house, you know, even if you're not a mechanic, even if you don't do much, you, you're always in need. Uh, can, can you think of a tool that you'd need around the house? Some of you women that need a little around the house. Talk louder. Uh-oh, that's for you. A four-pound hammer. That's, that's good. Somebody said something back in the back. A screwdriver. You almost need a screwdriver, uh, usually a couple at least. Uh, you know, a flat screwdriver, a Phillips, you know, with a cross things on it. You, you, inevitably, you're going to need a screwdriver for something. Uh, any other basic tools that you might need at home? 
adjustable rims. Hey, you guys are pretty smart, you know, that's, that's some of the stuff I had down. And I even have, I don't carry it very often, but I even have a little small adjustable wrench on my keychain. I don't carry it very often. I did for a prop this time, but I keep it at my desk. But anyway, uh, uh, anything else? Your hand went up. You've got to mention it whether you're, anyway. How about a flashlight? Most people, you know, so sooner or later you'll need a flashlight. Well, when I take uh, my automobile somewhere on a trip or something, I like to have at least the basics. And my wife and I, when we take our motorcycle trips to California or Kansas City or wherever, we like to have a, a few basics. You know, we like to have a pair of pliers and, like you said, screwdriver and, and uh, don't have room for a lot, but we need, need to have basics. And one time, several years ago, my daughter Becky, some of you know her, she's up in her 30s now, but when she was a sophomore in high school, she worked for her sister out in California one summer, taking care of the kids, babysitting while they both worked, and uh, they helped her buy a car. Well, Fran and I had to fly out. We weren't about to let her drive it home, you know, 2,000 miles by herself. So we flew out and helped her drive back. We went up over the mountains this time, over to around Lake Tahoe and back through the real desert area over there and down in Utah and had a little bit of a car problem so I had to stop and I didn't have any tools you know didn't didn't want to carry them on the airplane and uh, so I bought a screwdriver and a pair of pliers we had to have that you know to do this little repair I think the headlights wouldn't come up you know these things that these little Honda things that the headlights come up like that when you turn them on and they go down anyway but by the time we got to uh, Green River Utah and I don't remember the same day or not, but we were stressed, you know, we were really, really stressed. We were tired, been a long day. So we got a motel and, and we'd had a couple of bottles of wine that we'd purchased from uh, some of the wineries out there, you know, as a keepsake. And of course we were gonna drink it when we got home or maybe wait until the feast. Well, we were, we were desperate, you know, Becky been a teenager and oh, you're gonna ruin my car, you know, and, and all that, so didn't, didn't have a, a corkscrew. Both, both bottles of wine had a corkscrew in it. I mean, it had a cork in it. So I thought, what do we do, you know? Well, the wine usually takes you to the easiest, quickest way to do something. So I went out to the car and got the screwdriver and, and the pliers. And uh, fortunately, the, uh, and I checked this out before I went out, the, the furniture in there, the chairs and the table had screws, they're wooden. So I took the screwdriver and took a screw out of one of the chairs, tuck the pliers and, you know, pull their cork out. And then the next morning before we left, I put everything back together. Well, after that, you know, Boy Scout motto, do any of you know what the Boy Scout motto is? Be prepared. I am prepared. Anytime I go on a trip now, I've got a Boy Scout knife that has a corkscrew on it. It's got a can opener on it. <laughs> for the old kind of beers, you know, that you open up and it's got a bottle opener and, and, and it has a knife on it too, <laughs> two knife blades. And then oh, a few years after that, my oldest son bought me a multi-tool. Most of you men will know what a multi-tool is. Some of you women will too. And I have one here that I like real well. Uh, I don't carry it normally at Sabbath. I carry it anytime I'm not dressed up, I'll, I'll wear it. And uh, I like it for the fact that uh, most of them, you know, you have to open like that to real hard. Well, this, and I pull it out of the scalpel, flip. You know, and it's open. This is a Gerber. My, 
and I don't get any royalties. I ought to, but, you know, if you're working on something with one hand and you need a pair of pliers or wire cutters or something of that nature, you know, you don't have to have another hand there. You just pull it out and do your thing. So I love this, you know. And, uh, of course, it's got a knife on it, too. got two knife blades. Has a Phillips screwdriver. Has a uh, lanyard. Has a can opener. Has, uh, on the other side, has a, 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 a flat screwdriver and another smaller screwdriver. It's got a file, you know. It's got all kinds of things, and it's real handy. So, anyway. I carry that as basics even even when I don't take a trip. But but Christians have basic tools that we we all need to have in our toolbox and years ago the, the church really stressed these things and we used to call them the big four and I think the older members here would probably tell you right offhand, you know, what the big four are. One of them is prayer. You know, that's one of your main tools basic tools, personal Bible study, meditation, I hear, see a lot of, and fasting is, is your big four. And we've had messages off and on over the years on these, and, and uh, I was going, uh, I didn't intend to go, well anyway, <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit brief on some of them. I'm going to touch on each one of them briefly, and uh, maybe later on if someone has a question, especially about the fasting or something else, uh, someone could give, or even myself can give more on it, but I hope to at least cover the basics on that. And uh, on uh, prayer, and here's a good standard uh, scripture we all like to go through, is uh, uh, Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 12 says, very basic, but it has a good, a good point to it. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. So this is all progressive or, or proactive. You've got to be doing something. And the acronym for that is just like the first word, ask. A-S-K. A is for ask. S is for seek. And K. So this is very um, basic. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be open. And kind of like, uh, I think I mentioned this here, well back, Jim Arnold mentioned a couple times in his messages that, you know, he says, oh God, just help me to win the lottery. You know, some of you probably did the same thing. Oh God, help me win this 700 million, whatever it is, lottery. And uh, God told him, buy a ticket. You know, so you got to do something, but anyway. Uh, or what man, and I don't think, and he didn't give me the lottery either, you know, I, I didn't win. I, I'd like to, but I didn't, thought that was selfish to ask. Or what man, what man is there of you whom his son asked bread will give him a stone? You know, God's not going to give us bad things. He might let us work a little bit. Or if he asks a fish, will he give a serpent? You know, none of you would do that to your children. Now, your dad and mother wouldn't do that to you. If you then, being evil, or at least not as good as God, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So that's, you know, we need to ask God. And a lot of times in the scriptures, so many of them will tell you to be persistent. You know, keep coming back. Don't give up. And, uh, you know, sometimes you, you probably have even had situations where 
He didn't answer the first time. Then you reason with it. Okay, God, now look. Here, you know, and it works sometimes when you do that, to reason with God. The scripture shows that. Therefore, all things, what, and this, this is a prerequisite too. You know, you ask and do all of that. Therefore, all things, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law of the prophet. So if we're just deliberately betraying one another and, and, and meeting, being mean to each other, how can we expect God to answer? So, you know, we need to do our part too. Uh, go over to uh, Psalms 14th chapter in the Old Testament. Psalms, what did I say? Psalms, okay, yeah. Psalms 50 verse 14 through 23. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay your vows unto the Most High and call upon me in, that, in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked God says, what have you to do to declare my statutes or that you should take my covenant in your mouth, seeing you hate, hastest instruction, or hate, I'm sorry, you hate instruction and cast my words behind you. When you saw a thief, then you condemned, consented with him and had been partakers with idolaters. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue to fame. So, and the main thing he's saying, you know, if we're asking God and we're still living that kind of a lifestyle, how can we expect him to uh, give to us? Verse 20, you sit and speak against your brother, you slander your own mother's son. So we're doing pretty bad things, apparently, or, or Jesus is saying that, or not Jesus, but in Psalms. These things have you done, and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether such as one as yourself. But I will reprove you and set them in order before your eyes. Consider, now consider this, you that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. You know, we, we praise God, thank God, we glorify him. And to him that orders his conduct aright, I will show salvation. So he's showing, I, I will do good things for you. But, you know, you've got to do your part, too. You know, you can't be totally wretched and expect to get anything. All right. We'll move over to uh, personal Bible study. One scripture that most, or a lot of you will think about would be in First Thessalonians fifth chapter first Thessalonians fifth chapter verse 16 through 25 and I'm reading a few extras here rejoice evermore pray without ceasing and everything give thanks and, and so we make sermons just on this particular subject itself thanksgiving and prayer and all that but uh, for time's sake and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Giving thanks God doesn't, does never get tired of. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. And here's part of the uh, study, personal Bible study that comes in. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Of course, that 
proving, you know, whether there's a God or not, proving his word, proving history, proving, uh, don't just take the word for it. Abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless and unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you. Jesus is faithful, who also will do it. And the scripture showing that, you know, he will never give up on us. Brethren, pray for us. And they're closing on that verse. Another verse we'll go to, very basic, uh, personal Bible study is... Acts 17, verse 10. Let me see. Acts 17, verse 10. And brethren, oh, and the brethren immediately, break it into a thought, and I don't want to get into everything. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night into Berea, who coming there went into the synagogue of the Jews, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And how come? Well, he tells. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. And we used to be taught, and we still do teach that, that, that we study, do, try to do personal Bible study on a daily basis, regular Bible study. They, anyway, search scriptures to where those things were so. Not necessarily to disprove them, but say, okay, let's see if these things are true. Let's, let's prove it for ourselves. Therefore, many of them believed also of, honor, also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few. So a lot of people believed from, in the uh, town of Berea. So far, we've, we've covered two of the, first, the basic four, or the big four, uh, prayer and personal Bible study, and now we'll go in uh, to just a little while, a little bit on meditation, and a lot of times when people, especially if they're not necessarily schooled in the church or educated in the church, they get to think about, you know, somebody just sitting up here staying and staring in the wilderness or, or, or doing some stretches or something, you know, some, some kind of uh, uh, different things other than what the Bible intends. But the word meditation itself is really, when you get to think about it, is, is the mortar that holds all of the others together, that holds your prayer, your Bible study, and your fasting together. And, and let me tell you, uh, tell you why. Uh, that word, basically, in the meditation is to revolve in your mind, you know, to re you know, bring it over and over and back forth in your mind, to ponder on these things, to think about the scriptures, think about... The, the words that you're reading. Think about what the speaker up there is speaking about. Imagine, you know, even, even imagine uh, uh, how would life be if, if everyone kept these commandments, if everyone did these things, what would we do? Uh, I think I made a comment here a few years ago on message when I was out at one of my daughter's house there in California and at a party out there and several of the people around there talking and, you know, women in a little group here and men over here and, and uh, I was just sitting there at the table drinking a glass of water. <laughs> Somebody changed into wine. 
But anyway, I uh, sat there just, you know, I really wasn't eavesdropping. I was just there, and they happened to be talking in front of me, and they were talking, and I think I mentioned this, and I hope it will bore you, but they were talking about philosophical things, you know, and about some of these hypocritical pastors and all that that do all these bad things and, and uh, you know, and, and hypocrisy. And, and they, one of the ladies, and I knew her, she looked at me and said, uh, David, what do you think? You look like you're, you want to get into this. And I said, well, not really. <laughs> And, uh, but I just, uh, just on the spur of the moment, I thought, well, you know, if everybody in the world kept one, just one of the Ten Commandments of God, I said, we wouldn't have to carry these around. You know, we wouldn't have to do it. And I said, just think about it a little bit. What, why do you carry these things around? And that was so profound to, to, to them and this one lady she said, Gary, Gary, come over here, listen to this. And, I, you know, that's just something that people in Oklahoma talk about all the time. But that was profound. If everybody would think about, and, I mean, if everybody would keep just one of the commandments, we wouldn't, the security thing, you know, just so many, many of them. And these are things that we need to ponder about, need to think about. And, and uh, as the scripture says, be ready always when someone asks you a question or asks you for the hope that comes within you. But anyway, to think about, meditation is to think about deeply. Uh, turn over to Joshua, first chapter. Joshua, first chapter, verse 7 through 8. And one thing I like to do like this, instead of having, I used to put cards in my Bible, and have, this, this saves a lot of time, I, that way I can digress more. And I do that, I digress. Joshua 1, verse 7 through 8, uh, Moses had just died, and God was talking to Joshua himself, and I'm not going to read a whole lot of it, you can read it later if you're interested in it. Only be you, God speaking, only be you strong and very courageous. And all of us need to be very courageous. It's hard sometimes. That you may observe to do according to all of the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from, the, from it to the right or to the left. Don't change the day. Don't do something else. And, you know, you don't change from it. You keep it. That you may prosper wheresoever you go. Whether you go to China, go to Africa, go to America, or wherever you go, or down the road to Egypt. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate, think deeply, ponder on these words therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then shall you have good success. Good success. 1 Timothy 4, verse 13 through 16. And I know you're going to come up with all kinds of scriptures. That's good. That's fine. And uh, if I had more time, I would. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 13. Breaking in again, Paul teaching to Timothy. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Reading what? Well, probably the scriptures. Probably wouldn't Playboy or, you know, Penthouse or something. I probably, they probably didn't have that. He wouldn't do that. But give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given, given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Verse 15. Meditate, ponder, think deeply, 
upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them that they may that your prosper no, I'm sorry, that your profiting may appear to all. So if we do these things individually, uh, we're going to prosper spiritually, and, and it's going to be noticeable. We don't have to go around and tell people how righteous we are. It's just going to show. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. And we have people in here all the time that are talking to people on the job, people that, that they know in the world, and making a big difference. Uh, there, there's people here today because of some of our people right now, and some people that will be here because of some of you others will be here someday. Psalms, first chapter, verse 1 and 2. Let me make sure I'm not... I may be getting, oh, okay. Don't get too far ahead and too, skip out too many of them. Psalms, Psalms first chapter. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And a lot of you that have to travel quite a bit in your work, you know, uh, it, sometimes it's good, and, and I imagine Steve does a lot of this on his trip, you know, probably thinks and meditates on a lot of the things, you know. That's, and, of course, you can uh, put something in a CD player, too, and, and, you know, get an education. But, you know, people that, that spend time driving on the highway is a good time. And of course, you don't want to be... Uh, preoccupied, like uh, they, they say with uh, texting, you know, that you're, you're occupied, and that's even worse than being drunk. So when you meditate, you don't get into a trance. You, you know, you think uh, consciously. Um, Psalms 77, verse 11 through 13. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate also on your work and talk of your doings. Verse 13, the way of God is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Who is so great? Psalm 119, 14 through 16. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in your precepts and have respect unto your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Psalms 119, 97 to 100. Oh, how, and we, we, there, there's so many scriptures we're leaving out. You know, you, you talk about a, a, a computer or, or concordance generated message, you know, and. There, there's a lot of them, and but we won't pick out just whatever few we need. Uh, oh, how love, verse 19, uh, 119, verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day, though through your commandments, though through your commandments have made me wiser, and, and Steve has mentioned this several times lately, wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. And, and he, he don't get that way without thinking about it. I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies or my meditation. 
What better thing to meditate on rather than thinking about how bad someone treats us. It's, it's, <laughs> it's more productive to uh, meditate on the good things. Uh, verse 100. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. Now we're coming over to the last of the, uh, of the big four. We've had covered prayer, personal Bible study, meditation, and now fasting. Fasting is probably one of the hardest tools, I think, for most of us to do. And, and sometimes uh, we do good to fast much more than the uh, Day of Atonement. And uh, the church, the, the, the big church that we came from years ago, and a lot of the other people were, remember, they, they used to recommend that uh, uh, it wouldn't they had to, but they recommend, you know, you ought to really try to fast once a month. And some people tried it, and, and but it's hard. It's hard sometimes to, to even fast uh, when we do fast because circumstances. But that that's it's really hard. But it's a powerful tool. I intended earlier to spend more time on fasting, but I thought we we need to get the whole thing. Let's just get to this, and and uh, some uh, some of the other men may later on get more in, in detail on fasting. If they don't. And, and the spirit moves me, uh, you know, I'll do it myself. But fasting is a tremendous tool. Steve, uh, I keep talking about Steve. I don't mean to put you in the limelight every time, Steve. But uh, just simply because uh, recently, and not too long ago, he talked about fasting and fasting more than one day. And what did you say, three days or something like that? And, and uh, you know, fasting one day is tough sometimes. And, and uh I, I didn't quite make it three days. I went out one time several years ago when my kids were all small, and I had this old van. I went out to Keystone Lake, and I had uh, had the seats in the back, and I had a bed I fixed up, and, and I didn't need any water, didn't need any food, but I went out to one of the secluded camping areas, and and uh, I was in the middle of the second day of fasting, and, and I really thought about going three days, but uh, my... I thought, well, you know, I really need to get back and work. <laughs> Any excuse works. But I will say this, that I had some prayers answered because of that, and I'm not going to get into detail, but I had prayers answered that that there's no way that I would think it, that it would even begin to come to pass with, had it not been for that fasting, you know, and God heard. And, and I'm not going to get into that now. But uh, fasting is a tremendous tool, tremendously powerful tool. And in case I don't forget it, I had notes later to, to give a qualifier here, but in case I don't get that far and have to cut it short, uh, you know, it, some people they really need to, uh, uh, some may even have to check with the doctor to see if it's safe for them to do, you know, especially for any length of time. Some people are on medications and things of this nature, and so, but if, if you're able to fast and, and the longer you can fast, I, I, I personally think it's, it's really good. And uh, some, some problems that, that just cannot be overcome sometimes happen that way. And I'm going to read a scripture here that kind of goes along with that. In Matthew 17, it's another scripture that's familiar to most of us. Matthew 17, verse 14 through 21, breaking in again. And when they were come to, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. And how many people we call lunatics? But anyway, and rose and sore vexed, often comes 
he fall into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus said, O oh, faithless and perverse generations, how long shall I be with you? So Jesus was a little, little teed off at these guys. How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here, you know, bring the guy to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you had faith of the, as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible. But he gives a real good qualifier here. How be it, this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. Sometimes we have problems that cannot be rectified other than fasting. I, I brought some things here. I'm not trying to be an Ian Houghton, you know, that, uh, you know, but I did bring a prop or so, and, and I hope I have enough time to, to do that. <coughs> well, I'm going to show most people know what this is. It's, it's a cordless drill. And, uh, you know, it, it can drill holes. You can put screwdriver things in there and screw things. And you don't sound pretty good, you know. You can do that. But look here. I can stop it. The battery's dead. But I can solve that. And I've got another battery that had been fasted over. It had been fasted. Take uh, tight in reverse. Oh, last night before I did this, I wanted to see how it was going to work, and I didn't want the battery to be too charged up because I wanted it to fail, you know, when it was under stress, when I'm having a big problem. But it was, had too much of a charge, and I almost uh, put a blister on my thumb trying to hold it down. Finally, I took the, uh, the other thing that goes with this. This is not a multi-tool. But uh, this flashlight goes with that. These are interchangeable. My son got that for me, too. He knows how to buy tools for his daddy. He, you know, he knows. And anyway, so uh, I, I can charge one up and, and, and have another go. But what I'm saying is, when you get it charged up, you know, you can drive a three-inch screw through a tube before, you know. But without that, you, you, you almost bog down putting a little screw in a cabinet uh, hinge or something, you know. Sometimes it'll work, but what I'm saying is, the point is, uh, we're, we're an awful lot that way, spiritually. Weak. Sometimes we're very weak. And the longer we go without the big four, uh, the harder it is. Uh, you know, I'm going to cut out. Uh, well, maybe I can read real fast, because uh, another scripture is... Yeah, let's, let's at least try to go to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, and this is pretty common. I'll read fast. 58 verse 3. Wherefore have we fasted, saying, and you see not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and you take no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exalt all your labors. You fast for strife and debate, and smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. So fasting is to help have our voice heard on high. And I'm going to 
anyway, it is, is it, is it such a fast that I have chosen a day a man deflected so? Is it to bow down your head and burlesque and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Is this what I'm happy with, God says? Will you call this a fast, an acceptable day to God? Is not this the fast I've chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. So many benefits. Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry, and that you bring the poor that, is, that are cast out into your house, when you see the naked that you cover him, and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh? And if you do these, and I wish we had a little more time to get into this, and I apologize uh, I'm not supposed to apologize my messages, but anyway. Then shall your light break forth as the morning. If we do these things, and, and I recommend you go back and meditate on uh, this part of, of uh, Isaiah. Then shall your light break forth as the morning, and your health shall sp spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your re reward. Verse 9. Then shall you call, and the Lord shall answer. Then shall you cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If you take away from the midst of you the putting forth of the finger, you know, accusing each other, and speaking vanity, if you draw out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then shall your light arise in obscurity and your darkness as noonday. And the Lord shall guide you continually. Boy, I'd love to have that, wouldn't you? And satisfy your soul in drought, and make fat, oh, I don't want to get too fat, but <laughs> make fat your bones, and, and you shall be like a watered garden, and like the spring of water whose waters fail not. One last scripture, Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. And Jesus is saying, and, and I'll, let me just uh, say a couple of things too. Sometimes you don't necessarily have to make a whole day fast. The fasting can be, other than the Day of Atonement, can be your own option. You know, some people will, will skip a meal occasionally. They say, man, I really need to spend more time in prayer. And, and, and the good man of the house will take his wife's children and his children and, and say, okay, honey, you, you can spend the time you want. And you don't tell her she needs the time because that's not good. But, you know, let, let the wife have the Personal time. My wife used to give me a lot of time. She'd know that, you know, that I'm in a bad attitude, and you know, keep the kids away from dad so he can fast or, or something, you know. But uh, you know, sometimes just to skip a meal once in a while and have your mind focused totally on God, and uh, also uh, uh, have the subject matter in mind too. Sometimes uh, uh, this is something I'll just have to get into in another message. You know, this, this uh, uh, but. But anyway, there's a lot of latitude in fasting, a lot, a lot of benefits in there. But uh, I'll read in Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. Moreover, when you fast, and say, if you fast, says, when you fast, other than the day of atonement, <laughs> be not as the hypocrites of sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men as fast, too fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. I would, I would want more than just going hungry, you know, and somebody say, my, my, my. But, um, uh, where'd I go? Oh, verse 17. But you, when you fast, anoint your hair, you know, shave, clean up, put on your makeup and all that, wash your face, that you 
appear not unto men to fast, but unto your Father, which is in secret. You know, so we don't go around broadcasting. In fact, I am fasting. I do this every, every two or three days. And your Father, which is in secret, shall reward you openly. So, and I already mentioned the medical problems that, you know, you, you do have to be careful and, and uh, you know, on a long fast. Uh, we are all, all of us, and you can carry this analogy out even in, individually, we're all tools in the hands of God. You know, just like the uh, uh, gifts of the Spirit, you know, and we're all members of the church and all that, but we're all tools in one way or another. It's our responsibility, yours and mine, with God's help, to stay sharp and charged up by using the tools, the big four, prayer, personal Bible study, meditation, and fasting by using the tools in our toolbox and meditate and fasting. It's all our responsibility. And if we do that, we'll see a lot more growth in our own particular lives.